Welcome to the Art of the Dive, Game Week 1, done and dusted, as the Brits say. It came and went so fast, huge week for a lot of managers. Unfortunately, Jake did have a decent week, and so he's going to be with us for another week on the pod. Jake, how are you, buddy? Doing well. Is that my, like, stipulations to stay on the pod now? I think that that's pretty reasonable. If you perform, you get to stay. If you don't, you're out seems fair. I mean, that's what they do in the EPL and FPL, so. Yep, so we're going to maintain that standard. Okay, okay. Uh, so, pretty crazy week here. Uh, we've got a lot to cover. Um, we're going to go through some some emails and questions that we have from people. We'll, of course, hit the dive uh, leaderboard, league dive. Uh, we've got some performances that we'd like to talk about from the week, and then we'll kind of talk about you know some theory and some strategy going into game week two. Uh, Jake, how did the week go for you? Yeah, it went really well. Um, We don't have to delve into too many details, but overall I was really happy about all my team, except for I was stupid. Um, Thought that Arsenal would play well against Man City. Um, I even, getting home late uh, from emergency work, I stayed up to watch the Liverpool game like straight through, so I was up from like 10 a.m. till that game and then I fell asleep and couldn't watch but long story short I thought Arsenal would score and I thought I'd bring in Mendy game week two um because he wouldn't get that many points and it was stupid yeah you are an idiot yep so that was uh 13 points gone because I went with Eric Bailly instead so ouch that did not play out for you did it nope nope it didn't how'd your team do uh, pretty solid. I think we had similar points. You you had like 95, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that's good. I finished on 93, so I'm sad because I lost our head-to-head. But solid week. Uh, a lot of good performances. Uh, the one guy who we'll talk about a little bit later that I said to you when we were texting back and forth on, I believe that was uh, Friday morning, I said, I'm most scared on my team to not have Richarlison. And uh, I was right. Yeah, so I mean, missing out on one guy each kind of a little bit, but still really good weeks overall for us, so. Yeah, um, all right, let's kind of get into some some content here. Uh, so we, we got a couple emails this week from some different people. By the way, if anyone ever has like questions or comments or just wants to like say something mean about Jake, uh, you can go to our website, uh, theartofthedive.wordpress.com, and there's a contact link on the side. It just is like a, a comment box that you can fill in, and it links uh, to our email. So um, we've got a couple people we've been corresponding with, and the first one, I'm totally going to butcher the name, so I apologize ahead of time. Uh, I think it's Wajtek or Wojtek, uh, Kowalik. All right, you're going to have to help me on that next time. But uh, he had a great email, Jake. Let me just read it to you. Guys, I love the pod, uh, but for fuck's sake, it's gross, not grob. <laughs> and then he goes into explaining uh, how the Germans write different things. The German funny B sign stands uh, for SS. I don't want to make it public as Polish-German relationship is historical, a tough love, but I guess with the country, they need to remove SS from their language somehow. Uh, anyways, it was really funny. Um, I went on to explain to him that we actually call Gross Grob on purpose, uh, because our buddy always goes grab, 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 grab. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he thought that was pretty, pretty funny. Um, 
But um, I thought his question, he gave us a question. It's really good. He says, a quick question while I have your attention. Uh, he sets up a scenario here. Given you're a pair of FPL players worth a combined staggering 15 mil, which players are you? So, for example, uh, if Marco is Sala at 13 million, uh, Jake has to be half of Jazz Richards at 2 million. <laughs> so, so who, Jake, who would we be, do you think? Like the two of us combined... 15 mil is the most that we can we can cost. And this is based on what, though? Just like us as people, as players. Because uh, if it's as players, you know, th- then probably like maybe in 7.5, 7.5 split is what I would have to say. That is so. such bullshit and you know it. What? You would be a, the first 3.0 defender ever introduced into the game. No, 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 definitely not. I would at least be a 5.0, so... Yeah, playing for Arsenal, which means you would be on the bench. I'd probably be Luke Shaw. Little overweight, gets a goal, <laughs> now maybe in most favor. Probably unfairly treated, so I'll take Luke Shaw at 5, and you can be a 10 mid. Okay, who would I be at 10? Uh, who's at the 10 price bracket? Uh, that's true. Uh, De Bruyne. Uh, I'm definitely Hazard's not Hazard's 10.5. I mean, I guess but... I could drop down to a 4.5 guy. All right, you're a 4.5. I'll be Hazard then. <laughs> okay. All right, that's it. <laughs> I don't. I hate Hazard. That's the worst part about it. But I know that's why I gave them to you. So yeah. Anyways, if uh, if anybody else has some good suggestions for us, uh, write them in, um, send them in through email, or uh, get on our Twitter and DM us. We'll talk about them on the next pod. I think that's a pretty hilarious uh, email there. Uh, the other thing we have uh, is from Jason Hodge. Uh, first off, Jason sent us a little um, like game week one recap. Uh, and I'm going to start posting, I'm going to post it as an article. I actually already did on the website. I'm calling it HodgePodge because his last name is Hodge. Yeah, I see, I see what you did there. So Yeah, pretty reasonable. Uh, so anyways, it's a really thoughtful article. He talks about some differentials. He talks about his thoughts about some of the, the matches. I don't know if you had a chance to read it yet, Jake. I just posted it. Uh, but it's it's really well done. I don't know if he's going to do it for us consistently, but it's totally like on the table if he wants to keep like writing that for us. Um, and we'll post it week after week because I think he has some some really good thoughts. No, definitely. I'm excited to read that. Probably going to read it once we're done potting. So, Yeah, he, uh, he also sent us in a couple things that he calls his New Year's resolutions for the season. And I just thought I'd get your opinions on them, Jake, because I, I think, again, they're thoughtful um, and they're useful ideas. First one is kind of the opposite of what you and I think, but he says making transfers earlier in the week. Um, so he gives explanations about all these afterwards, but basically he just said that he missed out on a lot of price changes last year. Uh, his second one is that he said he wants to watch more games because he says when he listens to us and he says that he thinks we seem to know a lot about the game and we once in a while talk about the eye test and that's something that he as a manager is still really developing. Um, his third thought was he called it stay on a heater. So he said, last year I got on Salah reasonably early. One thing led to another, and I sold him at a decent profit later in the year, a big enough profit that because of the way the money works, I was never able to buy him back again, and that that really hurt him. Pretty interesting. And then his last one was keep reading and listening to what smart people are saying, just kind of commenting how there's a lot of good resources out on FPL. You got any any thoughts on those tips, Jake? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit more in the range of sometimes doing early transfers. I mean, I already brought Mendy in right away. Um, 
I do see the advantage because of the price changes. And if you do fall behind a little bit, it creates a lot of problems. And my plan this year was to have 0.5 in the bank because of that. And I've already spent it. So I may be more apt to make a quick transfer if I know that player is going to increase and I'm not going to be able to make an easy switch. So we disagree a little bit on that, but you do run a big risk if all of a sudden someone gets injured in training and your team's not super balanced. So that's my thought on that. I think it's good to watch the games. I try to watch as many as you as I can. Um, and uh, yeah, those are those are my thoughts. And yeah, too. I th- well, I think too. I'm this this year looking at Twitter a little bit more, but. But being careful, um, you know, as a as a doctor, I know that some sources are really terrible. Oh, um, fuck <laughs> me. No, but some sources are really terrible, so you can't just read everything and be like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. You have to make sure the source is good. So Yeah, I think that that's why – that's actually why you and I kind of got into, like, doing the whole podcast in the first place. We, we kind of thought, like, that we – and maybe we're wrong sometimes, but we have like good insights about the game and we thought it would be a nice opportunity to share those with other people because in the FPL world, there is a lot of kind of like shit noise that people put out there. Like, especially on Twitter, I think there's a lot of clickbait and a lot of uh, stuff that people are just trying to get like retweets on. So they say ridiculous things, Um, you know, so find, find those uh, resources that you really like and that you trust and stick to them. All right. What do you want to move to next? Uh, well, I guess we should probably talk about the uh, League Dive, uh, the first year of League Dive. Um, and this year, we've got like roughly 60 people or so in the league. So I thought I'd just like botch a bunch of names and read off the top 10. Should I do that? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, oh my gosh, I can't even read the first one. I didn't even practice this ahead of time. Uh, Whipturgy Scorpion. Joap Jostin is in first place, 104 points, which is pretty insane. Uh, Fred the Red, his team name, Chris Moore. Uh, Vinny Jones Diary, that's our boy, J.G. Hodge, is actually in third place with 100 points this game week. Uh, Arson's Replacement, which is you, Jake, number four, coming in at four. Uh, Mick Football, Ryan McKierney uh, with 94. The Art of the Dive team, that's my team, at 93 in sixth place. Tied for six as well, Pog Ba Ba Black Sheep. Well played, Matthew. Some great names. Yeah, so Polner. Uh, eighth, FPL underscore Blade, run by manager Ben Thompson with 91. Uh, Louis City, uh, Louis Dub, Dub. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, with 88. And in 10th place, good friend of ours and friend of the pod, Zoops FC, uh, 87 points, run by manager Nick Zupan. So, uh, yeah, really good first week. A ton of managers with really high scores. I'm excited to see kind of how um, how this plays out. And um, remember, winner will be getting a really sexy T-shirt, uh, Art of the Dive T-shirt. All right, Jake, should we get into performances of the game week? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, take us away. Um, so a couple of big things that we wanted to talk about. I'll start with the first one because, you know, it's always the players that we're most excited about and unfortunately as we talked about they tend to actually get you the least amount of points but uh the forwards really didn't produce um you know Kane played didn't score Kuhn played didn't score um Firmino got an assist um which is nice for those people who stuck with him and 
you know, just not a lot of other things that happened. Lukaku had a great chance and missed as usual. So, you know, donkey. I think the, I think, yeah, typical donkey. Uh, it was a great save, but kind of ridiculous. It kind of felt like when I play FIFA and I should score and I completely screw it up. So, um, but you suck. Yeah. That's my 4.5 ranking right there. So, yeah. uh, the big question I think a lot of people might have, and correct me if you have any other thoughts or add to it, but should I go down on for like those high priced forwards to mid priced or low priced forwards at this point in time? And I would be in the camp of <laughs> here uh, we go, here we go. Jake's camping again. I'm going camping uh, to you know don't just get rid of a player like especially like Kuhn who plays against Huddersfield next week. Um, you know, Kane too. It's like I'm not a big fan of him, but if you have him, like, get, give him a chance. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are. So yeah, it's easy to like knee jerk at this point in the season. You're just everyone's really excited about the year kind of being underway here, and a lot of people are eager to make moves or in their mini leagues, somebody scored 20 points more than them, and so they want to just blow their whole team up. The reality of it is, in the next few weeks, things are kind of going to even out. Uh, so I fully expect Aguero to start and score next week. Um, I'm keeping him in my team. Yeah, me as well. And I think the other big thing to think about too is no forward did that well, right? Like Callum Wilson was the highest scoring forward. I mean, I might be a little bit off on that, but I th- I think he was. Yeah. Um, who, uh, Jake, who do you think the top three scoring forwards were this last week? Like, I can't even – I know he's in there. Okay, um, Wilson – who else would you guess? I'm, I like can't even think of it. That's how bad it was. Like Zaha, I know scored, um, but got a yellow card, so he was at five. Tosin somehow got an assist, which is stupid, and he's at five. <laughs> um, probably, probably Hose, Hoselu for got six for Newcastle. Is he? In nah, there? he got five. I think he got a yellow. Picked oh up the yellow too. Yeah, I don't know. You tell me the other two. I can't even. Wilson Vardy Jimenez. Oh yes, that's right. And Vardy, Vardy played like fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And, too, we were thinking about Jimenez, too. And, yeah, yeah. well, whatever. So. I think it just shows you the state of the forward line. Um, you know, I'm thinking that throughout the year I can see myself staying with, like, one high-priced forward maybe. But I also could see, like, at some point in the year just getting rid of Aguero, going to, like, another seven mil forward, and just putting my money everywhere else on my team. Yeah, I think that's actually a great way to handle it, but I don't think you need to do it this soon, and I don't think you need to pay for transfers to do it. So be very careful about that. Yeah, especially considering City's fixtures coming up here, and I think that kind of segues up into the next section, and we, we wanted to talk a little bit about that City lineup this last week. Um, so Mahrez did get the start. That was someone we were questioning. Kind of crazy that Sterling came in and, and started as well. Uh, Aguero up top, and then... Uh, Bernardo Silva in behind with Fernandinho. And who was the last guy that played through that midfield? Oh, Gundogan. Uh, Gundogan. Yeah. So. Um, I, I guess it was like for coming out of the preseason, the lineup wasn't really that shocking. I was a little surprised by the Sterling selection over Sané. Um, it does make things a little confusing now, now, though, going into the next week. Jesus came on at one point in the game. Sané came on at one point in the game. De Bruyne came on at one point in the game. So who's going to start where? We don't really know. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited because we both have Silva, and he 
you know, he was one for one, so he banged his goal on his one shot. I do agree. I don't think he's going to score a ton of goals um, because of the type of player that he is, but I'm nervous to pay for higher-priced Man City midfielders. Um, I think Jesus is totally out of the question, but I'm scared. I mean, I know a lot of people like KDB, and he's a pretty solid choice, but there's so much rotation in that team otherwise uh, I have a hard time and I, I think Sterling's probably the best shout but I would not be able to have Salah so I would have to probably go with Sterling instead um, which would free up some money and it's something that I like briefly thought about yesterday but not that I need to do that right now yeah I mean City looked really sharp so they're going to get goals but I completely agree with you if you have too much money into that city midfield and there's going to be constant rotation it's going to be hard to get returns for the cost that you're paying yeah so i mean another thing to consider is do you just go right now especially if you can or you already do have it stay with double city defense and i think that's a good way to play it too so yeah i hadn't even really considered that thought uh but they're they're obviously going to boss every single game Mendy at for long sections of the game was playing as a holding midfielder basically or as a midfielder they basically just tucked him inside and went to a three-back system yeah everything I read was like Mendy was way up the pitch actually getting central as well so yeah I mean I wish I would have stayed up to watch it but whatever I mean can you imagine having like Walker and Mendy on your team pretty crazy so I don't know <laughs> yeah well one thing that it allows for is a lot of flexibility because Walker's comfortable playing as a center back uh, so he can tuck in, and then they just push Mendy up the pitch whenever they feel like it. Yeah, so I, I agree. Do you want to talk about Liverpool, or do you have anything more to add? No, I think Liverpool's the other team that a lot of us were kind of interested in. We knew how that front line was going to play out. Klopp, after the game, and I think this alludes to the Man City situation too, said something along the lines of how rotation is going to become commonplace in the Premier League due to the number of matches and the fact that so many of the top teams are playing in Champions League as well. Uh, and I completely agree with them. If you look at these top sides, we've been saying it all preseason, they have built the teams to literally be rotated all season long. And so we were really interest, interested to see um, how that Liverpool, uh, that central mid section was going to look and specifically how the outside back situation was going to play out. And it actually played out exactly as Liverpool plan, fans had predicted uh, Rabo and TAA on the outside back positions, um, which I actually did not expect Trent Alexander to Arnold, Arnold to start there. Yeah, I'm, he was a hard sell for me because I was a little bit worried as well. But I don't know. I, I have a hard time thinking that Klein's better than him. I mean, his free kick was amazing and almost yeah. scored. I mean, Fab's still probably a top three goalkeeper even though he doesn't play for a very good team to me. Um, but Trent does offer a lot more than Klein. But I think, again, those two players are probably going to be rotated. So, um, And then center defense, we, we they started with what we expected, and now um, <laughs> Lovren's like been hiding an injury. So that, that may be a center back pairing. You could consider Gomez if you want, but um, I think – you know, I don't know. The defense kind of bores me for them. They did what I expected. I, I think we shouted Rabo. We shouted Mendy. I was stupid for not having Mendy. So um, let's talk about like their midfielders and forwards. Yeah, so I guess that brings us to the next big thing, and that's Mane. 
Mane with two goals, despite the one being offside. I mean, I, I will totally give you this one, Jake. I'll throw you a bone. I was on Erickson. You completely convinced me. You said you have to go with Mane. He's a high-volume scorer. He scores in, in large sums. Um, even though he hasn't had a great last... Well, last year wasn't great. The year before was just okay. Uh, you know, you said he's he's got a chance this year to really be explosive because they can rotate him if he's getting tired, but he's still going to play every game. Uh, and he really was all over the pitch. I mean, he was better than Salah during the match. Yeah, I mean, he just... he. I watch him and I'm like, you're not as good as Salah. And then I watch him and like, you are going to have just as many points as Salah, maybe. He... He has these like errant passes that make me really mad. And I, I mean, I think he got his bonus points because of the two goals, obviously. But I will say, and I mean, I completely agree with you. We needed to go with Mane in the beginning, but he does make me nervous like long term. Um, but as long as he's healthy, he's probably going to be on my team. And I may even consider having both him and Erickson because Erickson's such a solid player if I can eventually afford it. Yeah, I, I think the game, Liverpool's team revolves a little more around Salah. So from an FPL perspective, I think you, Salah's the man to have. The ball's going to continually be fed through him. He is encouraged to just constantly be like an, a selfish asshole and just try to take guys on. Uh, whereas Mane often sits a lot wider on the pitch and like pulls defenders out there uh, and then you know is involved in service or like darting runs to get in behind. So he plays a little different than Salah does. Salah is also towards the middle of the pitch, I think, a lot more than Mane is. I agree. Mane does float out wide. And the other thing to say is like if you have Firmino, don't get rid of him. I mean, the the, the amazing cross that came from, I, for, I forget who crossed it, but like Mane and Firmino were both there, and it just happened to go to Mane, like, yeah. to me. It could have been so, like, one half a yard the other direction, it would have been Firmino's goal. That's so, true. Um, I think they're a dime a dozen, personally. It just kind of depends on how you want to do your team. So Yeah, you're a dime a dozen. Okay, let's keep rolling here. Um, the, the other big story of the week was these mid-priced and low-priced mids who were performing at a relatively high level. Uh, we've got a bunch of guys that kind of fall into that category. We already talked about Silva, but Pogba, of course, Richarlison with a brace, Pedro with a goal, uh, William picked up an assist. Um, so these are guys that kind of fall in that. I think all those guys fall between six five and like Pogba's at eight, right? Yeah, uh, so they all the only eight. So okay, so they all fall kind of in that zone. I mean, what are your thoughts there, Jake? I we both have I have Lucas Mora and you have Richarlison right now, but. Who is the guy to go with in that zone? Yeah, so, I mean, this is a hard question. I wasn't that impressed by Pogba personally, um, but he is on pens for now, I guess, is, is the main thing. So I guess, yeah. I, I would not rush to get him in, but I think he's a fair price, and he you know, may give you returns. Um, I still like Silva in this price range, which we talked about, but... To me, I think it comes between Richarlison and William. Um, Richarlison, again, you have to be careful. He scored both goals on his two shots. The first ball just dropped to him, and he was in the right place at the right time, which is is part of being a good player. Um, And he did well on his other goal, but he's not going to get two goals a game. I mean, easy said, but I also am wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get a return his next game but 
Everton's attack in general looked really good. I I didn't get to watch the Chelsea match, so that's hard to say, but Chelsea also went against a much worse team, in my opinion. Like, there's no question to me that Huddersfield's going to get relegated this year. So, Why do you like William over Pedro? Well, see, that's the thing. I didn't watch, so I think both of those guys are a little bit equal. The question is, who does Hazard take on the front line? Is he going to take Murata's spot, or do you think he's going to take Pedro's spot? Because I don't think he's going to take Will Am's spot, personally. No, I, th- I think that Sari wants to play with kind of a, a bigger striker in the middle. Uh, and I don't know. I can't remember. Was Sa- Hazard good last year in the False Nine, or was he bad? He I, was I remember, bad. Every yeah, time that's what that I thought. he played in the yeah. false nine, he didn't. Well, at least in an FPL standpoint, I guess I'm not assessing him in an actual like player. Who cares FPL about standpoint. him as a player? All yeah, that exactly. matters are his care. FPL returns. Yeah, his FPL returns were terrible at that spot. So I mean, it's something to keep an eye on. But I agree. I think he l- actually likes Murata, even though he's not that good. Yeah, he's worthless. But yeah. So there's also a bunch of uh, midfielders that performed in the price range, kind of like right below that, like that, you know, that 5.0 like to six price range. Uh, Pereira, Frazier, Neves, uh, Jorginho, Conte, all got returns this week. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys in that range that can really help enable uh, you to have money to spend elsewhere, um, and they're. They produced points this game week, which could entice some managers to try to jump on board and expect those players to be players for them, right? Like playing every week. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I completely agree. I think you need to have one of these players eventually on your team. Uh, like, I mean, if not the one of these guys that we talk about now, like someone else, but these ones I do think are going to continue to have a pretty good season. Um, I'll talk about the ones that I really liked um statistically and what i what i saw but frazier um for bournemouth and then neves for wolves i mean the hard thing with neves is he takes a lot of shots from far away he scored a free kick but he's on pens too i mean to me he's a better choice than like a pogba because i see wolves actually scoring a lot of goals this year Mm-hmm. And he's three mil less, and he created a lot of chances. So I I really like him. Do do I think you need to rush to get him in your team? No. Um, and then Fra- Frazier, I think, is kind of a similar player um, and gets up into the attack and creates a lot of chances. He's got really good underlying statistics, so I like both of those guys. What about Jorginho and Conte? Do you think that those are players that can replicate the type of form that the previous two that you just mentioned can do? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question, and I don't think I have the answer. I need to do a lot more looking into that. I don't know what Jake, your thoughts are. we have a podcast. The people need the information now. I, yeah, I know. Um, I'm, I'm less sold on those guys. Um, I, I think Conte's goal, I mean, seeing it, I thought it was pretty lucky. He, he I don't know. Like, that might be a little harsh, but I just don't see Conte finishing like that frequently um and then the hard thing about Jorginho is he plays farther back so yeah he is he is a really spectacular player to me though probably one of if not the best transfer this year so Hmm. yeah yeah it looks like Jorginho will play deep uh he took the penalty kick he probably won't 
uh, be taking penalty kicks when Hazard's back. Uh, Conte, they have said, is going to be allowed to get forward more, but he's not really a great offensive player. I don't see him creating a lot of chances for them uh, or creating a lot of shots for himself. So I would probably avoid those two for now, um, but I don't know. I could see us being proven wrong on that one as well. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, is how much do you really expect these guys to return anyways? I mean, anytime a five mil fo- uh, midfielder re- returns for you, you should be jumping for joy. Yeah. So I don't Jerk, think... Jerking for joy, am I right? Jerking for joy, yeah. I don't think Jake, any that's of not them, appropriate. Yeah, sorry. I don't think any of them are going to be bad uh, to move into your team. I don't think you... I think you hold your transfer and then maybe give it one more week to get more information, though. So. Fair enough. Um, okay, so another thing I just wanted to mention was that kind of like in our bad situation, Jake and I both were pretty strongly of the opinion that a lot of the World Cup players were going to get rested. The reality of it is most of the information that was coming out from clubs, from news outlets, uh, even from players themselves, were that guys were going to be on the bench to start the season or not even with the team at this point yet. And yet we see Ali starts, Kane starts, Pogba starts, Conte starts, and the list goes on and on. Um, I do think that it still was the right move not to go with those players early, especially guys like, I mean, gosh, Kane looked rough. I mean, he looked like really tired, Uh, you know, and so I think that it was probably the right move to avoid those guys for now. The other thing that could happen I don't know for sure, but but I have the feeling that a lot of these players are going to be rotated in the next three to four weeks. Like, they might play in sub roles, or they're going to be brought off super early in matches. There's just no way they have the fitness right now. Yeah, I completely agree, and it, it makes me angry when I see people like, oh, I, I need to have these players, or oh, it's a big mistake that we didn't think about this. Like, I should have had them in my team, because... The teams that we're talking about, like Spurs, Man U, you know, Liverpool, City, they're all still going to have to play these championship games that are are close. You know, they're right around the corner. So I think they get rested, and I'm not bringing in any of those players at this time. So, yeah, fair, fair, fair. It's the right move. Uh, all right, last thing I think to talk about, and it's probably like the maybe the biggest thing to talk about, is the performance of all the defenders. Uh, and and their output in, in terms of FPL points. Tons of clean sheets uh, for defenders, lots of attacking returns, uh, a couple goals, a lot of assists, um, big points if you played your defenders. Yeah, I so yeah, I'm try I'm gonna try not to be too angry. I don't want to be like angry Jake um, on the pod today, like after a 95 point game week, although missing out on 100 was a little rough for me because I still have yet to have a week with, like that. But That's because you're dumb. <laughs> yeah, true. So, um, But you with the pressure look, you look on, Shaw I'm looking motherfucker. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the I'm reading this like year of Defender stuff and it's complete bullshit. Like complete bullshit. I don't... I, I'm, I'll tell you a little bit about my life, Marco. Not that you care. Um, but, I don't. Uh, I'm hoping that one of our neighbors leaves because they have like a two bedroom. And my plan is, I know my plans are sometimes a little ridiculous, but hear me out. Uh, I'm going to hire someone to just do statistical analysis for FPL. Uh, I think we're way behind um, in that like respect, like fantasy football American style is way farther ahead. 
Um, so I'm going to hire someone just to work in that separate room that we currently don't have and just do a lot of stuff because I, I t- talked about this to the, our group of guys, but the clean sheets in the beginning of the season are, you know, there was eight this week and people are like, oh, wow, that's crazy. You know how many there were last year? There were eight, you know, like, and the the weeks after this, the, like I'll read you from the last four years for game week two, seven clean sheets, seven clean sheets, seven clean sheets, seven clean sheets. So like, are, am I like overall surprised by the number of clean sheets this week? No, like not at all. So I don't know. I, that that's my anger rant for this pod, but take it for what it's worth. So let me just get this straight. You're mad because people are acting like the defense did the defenses this year are performing at a much higher rate than in years past when in reality the returns are relatively equal. Yeah, I mean, I didn't like compare the, like the amount of points for defenders. I mean, I do think that there was probably more assists and goals maybe than we expected, sure. but I mean, did anyone doubt that, like, Rabo, Alonzo, and Mendy could have good games? And even, like, Patrick Van Anholt against Fulham? Like, no. Like, yeah. no. Everyone was talking about it. It's not that surprising to me. And when, like, these teams, aside from maybe the big boys, but when these teams go up against, like, say, a Liverpool or a Man City, they're not going to be doing that well, like, throughout the whole year. So Yeah. Yeah, I completely... No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, and I think that that was something we talked about at the beginning of the year, that it's worth putting money in your defense. Uh, the only thing I would add, though, is, like, especially in the last two years, and this kind of goes back to, like, Jason Hodges talking about, like, the eye test and, and wanting to watch a lot of games. Um and one thing is knowing a little bit about like how strategy and tactics have changed and how that influences the FPL game. And one thing that in the last roughly two years has really taken place is, I mean, a pretty heavy introduction to wingback players uh, and a far, it seems to me at least in the Premier League, a far greater emphasis on outside fullbacks pushing really high up the pitch um, and then stacking it up on the inside more with kind of holding midfield style players. Um and this is making these outside defender positions viable FPL picks uh, because they're getting outside of their clean sheets attacking returns. Yeah, I agree. And that's why I do. I mean, I've already started to adjust my team. I, I kind of was like on the fence. I was thinking like, let's go all outside backs. But then I was like, that's a little rough because they rotate. But yep. um, like looking at this like Holobos from Watford or however you pronounce his name. I think it's Holobos. Yeah, but, you got it, buddy. You, um, you did it right. Good job. Yeah, I'm not getting kicked off the show. No, but not he, this week. look at the chances he created. Five chances created, which was the most for game week one, tied with Erickson, um, and then crosses 11. The next highest was Erickson with eight crosses. So... Like, he's a great player, and we talked about him a little bit, and I had him in my team for a while, and I do think, like, matchups are going to be really important for them, but Watford usually starts the season out strong, and I would argue that you should have just maybe, like, five wingbacks on your team, and if they don't play, oh, no, one of your other wingbacks comes off the bench, so. Yeah. Uh, You got an article coming out? Yeah, I have an article coming out on this that looks into it a little bit more in detail, so... When's it coming out? Coming out tonight, so I'm going to get it done. All right, 
Cool. Uh, we'll post that tonight then on our Twitter, and we'll put it up on the website. So uh, it's Monday, August 13th, and we're recording in the afternoon. So if Jake doesn't get it up, um, you can go to his house in L.A. and burn it down. That's a little, that's a little strong. Well, then you won't have access to that new two-bedroom where you're going to hire somebody with the gigantic salary that you apparently all of a sudden have uh, to do FPL statistics. Well, that's only if the fire is like really bad, which I guess in California it probably will be, but it's like a little bit off to the side. <laughs> It'll so. burn all of LA down. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah, God. Uh, no, what have we done? <laughs> okay, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the upcoming game week, uh, talk about a few traps, some captain shouts. Uh, we'll wrap things up. Stay tuned. We're back. Jake just went and picked up a fire extinguisher. He is nervous that people are coming to his house right now to burn it down. I am not nervous because game week two is on the horizon already here. A lot of action on FPL Twitter. A lot of managers excited about what the new game week is going to bring. Everyone's playing. Let's start it off right from the top, Jake, and talk a little bit about games, uh, performances that we're looking for, players that we're maybe paying attention to in the first match of Saturday morning for us, uh, Cardiff, Newcastle. What are you looking for? You love your Newcastle boys. Yeah, I mean, they played pretty well, as best as they probably could against Spurs. Uh, I think I think this game is going to be Newcastle's. Um, that being said, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a 0-0 draw either. Um, right now, I don't have any players from either team. Because uh, Newcastle has terrible fixtures after this, but I don't know. I guess if you have a Newcastle player, this would be the time to play them. Yeah, Kennedy looked electric in their game against Spurs. I thought he was so good on the ball. He was taking guys on, completing dribbles, which is really good for his bonus points. I think Newcastle will have a lot more of the ball, and Cardiff will be forced to sit back. Um, you know, Joselu, he looked pretty good. He was active getting in behind. Matt Ritchie had some great service, had an assist. I agree with with you, Jake. I think if you have Newcastle players, this is the time to get them out on the pitch because they have a tough schedule here. You're not going to see a lot of other opportunities to get them out there. Yeah, and then the only other interesting thing, and I'll just say this real quickly, is Zahore, um, there's Cardiff's typical starting forward maybe back this week and he's five so I mean guys who have Kamara and maybe have a little bit extra money in the bank or gain some money he'd be someone I keep an eye on um, how much he plays and if he gets some returns because he might be a better shout long term okay uh, Everton Southampton's the other the next game um, keeping an eye on Richarlison I think is going to be really important this week apparently he did have a little knock I think he's fine he was pictured after the game walking around it wasn't like he ran down the tunnel with an injury but just keep an eye on him make sure he's training um you know and then on the other end of things Southampton I think Danny Ng should be basically ready to go this week he he did cameo like he played for a little bit um in their game against Burnley for Southampton I don't know if he'll go right into a starting role, but it sounds like the coaching staff there is very high on him. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to have Richarlison in this game week. Um, I think Everton puts a fair amount of goals past Southampton. Um, Burnley created a lot of chances, and I think they just weren't able to score um, reading the reports. So I'm excited for Richarlison. And again, too, I agree. I don't think it's too scary, but we'll just keep an eye on it. 
Yeah, I wonder about Chaz over at Southampton. Chaz and Cedric are two players I'm kind of interested in. Cedric, of course, was taken off in their game against Burnley in like the 57th minute or something. Managers were so pissed. It was hilarious. Yeah, I was Uh, laughing so hard when I saw that. So Yeah, I mean, I would guess he would play a full match this week after getting a week of training under his belt. Chaz, on the other hand, I did not see any underlying stats really on Chaz. I wasn't able to find a lot. Did you see anything about him? Um, you know, I, his underlying stats couldn't have been that good cause they weren't near like the top of the table for anything, but, um, I would have to look a little bit more into it. The, the hard thing for me is like, who, who's he going to play? Like Hughes tends to like rotate people a lot more than usual too. And his team's not that good to begin with. So it's a little concerning to me. Um, cause like, is it going to be Ings and Gabbiadini this week? Or, you know, is he just going to play one up top and it's Ings? I don't know, but they did they did create some chances against Burnley. Um, so it, I don't think Everton's defense was spectacular, although it looked much better before the red card to me. Um, but, that I mean, Everton's defense, as we know, especially with Silva as their manager, is apt to give up a goal here and there. So. Yeah. Okay, Lester Wolves, uh, I know that Jamie Vardy's not playing a top six side here, but I am just going to go out on a limb here and say Jamie picks up a brace this week, starts the match, picks up a brace. Wolves' defense was not organized in their match against Everton, um, although this could be a pretty good game. I could see Wolves like kind of in their style, pushing really high up the pitch. Guys like Jota and Jimenez and Neves and all these players getting opportunities, but then Leicester coming back on counterattacks. The other guys that looked really interesting, um, Damari Gray looked very good for Leicester, uh, had some really good crosses into the box, um, had a lot of the ball. And then who's the uh, the young Englishman? Madison. For, Madison, who you were kind of high on for a while. Uh, and I wasn't because I didn't know much about him, but he was very impressive in their match as well, was on the ball a lot, had touches around the opponent's box quite a bit. A game like this with a team that likes to attack a lot in Wolves, I could see a player like him, Gray, Vardy, guys that are technical and also, well, Vardy's not, but <laughs> Damari Gray and, and Madison are pretty technical and also pretty athletic, uh, having a, a great day. Yeah, take it for what it's worth, but if I had like unlimited transfers, I would be putting Madison in my team this week and Vardy maybe. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of goals to me, Madison, I watched both games, um, Wolves and Leicester, and to me, Madison's the better player than Jota right now. I mean, it's only one week, and a lot of people are saying Jota just had a bad game. There was a ton of rain, but uh, I mean, Leicester was on the road against the top six club, no matter how much you want to argue Man U's not that good, and then Wolves were playing an Everton side, which is kind of suspect, so yeah, I, I think Madison might be better long term. Yeah, I think Leicester actually looked better than Man U for the majority of the match. Yes, I agree. So, yeah. uh, Okay, Spurs-Fulham. Uh, I would expect Spurs to kind of rebound from what was a pretty challenging performance at Newcastle and kind of come and put the hurt on Fulham here. Um, you know, Erickson was was pretty decent. He had a number of great uh, chances created that, that really could have been goals uh, had players been a little sharper on the other end of the ball. Um you know, the really big disappointment for me was kind of my my punt differential was Lucas Mora, who just really struggled to get on the ball. At 7.0, I thought he could be kind of a sneaky way into that attack. 
but he really struggled. And part of it too was just Kane was was rubbish the entire match. Uh, and so, you know, Mora was trying to kind of play off of him and, and really never had the opportunity to do so. Yeah, I mean, are you, I guess we'll talk about it a little bit later, but did Mora, like, was he like five out of 10 to you or was he absolutely terrible or what would you say i'd give him i think that's a fair play rating i'd give him like a five uh he just didn't have a lot of space with the ball uh he had some loose passes and i don't know i think he only shot the ball once the entire match so playing that like so he, he's listed as a midfielder in the game but he's was really playing as like a second striker kind of an underneath striker with kane that had me very excited um, but I'm going to definitely give him another week here. And we talked about that a little bit earlier. I'm not going to freak out and just transfer him out for, oh gosh, Richarlison 6'5". I'm bringing him in. I think Mora's a better player than Richarlison. Uh, the question is just whether or not he can get his feet under him and produce some returns. On the other end of it, another player I have on my team, Carney, uh, I didn't actually get to watch the full match, but when I read the match reports, people spoke very highly of him. He had the most touches uh, in their match in the opponent's half of any any player on the pitch. Yeah, a lot of things just go through him, so I wouldn't freak out if I had. I mean, he's probably not going to do a ton against Spurs, but he's another good 5 mil shot that should get some returns throughout the year, so I yeah. agree. Okay, what's the next match? Uh, West Ham and Bournemouth. This is a hard one for me um, because it's just like, West Ham had no shot against Liverpool, but I just can't imagine that they're truly that bad. Um, I think there's going to be goals uh, for both both sides. Um, Me too. So, but Bournemouth too. It's like they probably played the second or worst team in the Premier League. So I would put my money more on West Ham here. Hmm. Yeah, I think that that's probably about right. Um, you know, Arnie had kind of a rough match, but I, I could see him totally bouncing back uh, in this next game. Um, what's the deal with Colin Wilson, Josh King? What's going on up front for Bournemouth? Yeah, we should probably figure that out. I have no idea. So, but I, I was completely of the opinion that Wilson was like probably just going to be like a substitution player for them, but I completely misread that that situation. Um, you know, he, he took that penalty and he missed it. Probably pushes Josh King back onto penalties, right? Yeah, so that's good. And I mean, Wilson would have had a very good game had he not missed that penalty also. So, but. Yeah. All right, one of the, another big match for the week is uh, Chelsea-Arsenal. Um, I think that this match will be much closer than this Arsenal-City match that we watched uh, the other day here. Um, I would guess very close match. I could even see like a 1-1 draw. I don't see either team getting a clean sheet though. Yeah, this is hard. I mean, when I watched Chelsea versus Arsenal in that uh, preseason match, Chelsea was the better side on a neutral field, so I'm very nervous still. And Arsenal have a lot of injuries. I mean, there's talk that Monreal will be back at left back, which I think will be very helpful to them. But again, I, I agree. I think one goal apiece is, you know, going to be probably the most goals being seen so i'm not jumping in the arsenal player bandwagon or chelsea right now so yeah watch for hazard to probably be back in a lineup now so for those of you that are on the the belgian chocolate train um get hazard in there um for arsenal another interesting aspect of their match against man city was ramsey basically playing like as an out of position striker i don't know if that was something tactical just for that match 
or if that's going to be something like long-term that we should expect to see. If so, after this week, I'm going to be getting Ramsey in my team. Yeah, I read that as well, and it's in, it's very interesting. Can I go on ArsCast for like 20 seconds here? <sighs> All right, I'm just going to do it. So what were your thoughts on like them playing a 4-3-3 and not starting Lacazette? I, I mean, I'm glad Emery's there, and I think that that's a really hard match to judge him on, but... I just don't like the 4-3-3 for Arsenal at all. Emery out, am I right? Yeah, Emery out. So, I mean, Arsene's replacement right here. I'll just let you know. That is your team name. God damn it. Yep. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Burnley-Watford, pretty interesting match uh, where you have the super defensive team in in Burnley and a pretty offensive attacking side in Watford. Um, I think, you know... um, for Burnley, we are still trying to figure out what was going on in goal in the goal, and Hart is going to be the player there. We also weren't exactly sure what that back line was look like, was going to look like. I think it's going to be mostly settled now. Um, is there anybody on Watford that you're interested in, Jake? I st- I mean the guys we talked about Pereira and Halabas, and I I think Watford is a really good team. Um, I've, the coach there I don't remember his name, but maybe Gar is it Garcia? It's got to be. It's maybe sorry, whoever can make a comment and we can fix it for next week. But it's always hard to play Burnley away from home, so probably not a ton of goals. But I, I do like Watford more than Burnley, and could see them at least getting a draw here. Um, and I'm I wouldn't be scared to play um, Holabas uh, against them. So okay, uh, City Huddersfield. Uh... Bury your Huddersfield defenders as deep on your bench as you can. City are going to do really bad things to the Huddersfield players on the pitch. So are you going to start Hammer this week against them? (laughs) Save points. Um, Four PKs saved. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, He's going to have the chance to make some saves, so we'll see how he does. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking three or four goals probably for City. I don't see how they could ever concede one, but you never know a City. Um, the issue is it's really hard to predict who's going to be starting and where. Uh, so I would think that like Bernardo Silva would play. I would think they'd roll out a pretty similar lineup, uh, to last week, but man, I mean, if I'm not going to act like I know. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Uh, new chip idea. What if you played a chip where you can just play all 11 players from one team? Well, then everybody would just do it this week, Man City against yeah, Huddersfield. Okay. That's what I that's what I was thinking too. So, but, <laughs> all right. Uh, so we can kind of skip over that. I mean, you know, managers try to pick out something from Pep maybe in the press conferences. Um, oh, I'll share that resource really quick. Jake had asked me where I read like summaries of the pressers because all the managers come out and give a press conference about how their team's doing, and if players are hurt. Um, There's a Twitter handle called FPL Connect, but if you just, I think if you just Google it, FPL Connect, uh, you should find their website, and uh, and they will, they'll post a little blog uh, after the pressers. So, like, the pressers will be done probably Friday by, like, 12 o'clock American Central Time. Um, I don't, that's, like, around 6 o'clock at night, right, over in England. Um, so So check that out. Um, because what, what FPL connect does is they just like, they listen to all of them, they read all of them, and then they just summarize like the big points and they even bold like player names for you. It's a really awesome resource. Um, definitely follow them and, uh, and check that little blog out. It's a, it's a good thing to use. 
Yeah, and you can get to it by just Googling FPL Connect. That's how I got there. So. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay, uh, Manchester United, Brighton. Um, you know, Brighton is pretty, I don't know. I, I don't want to say they're terrible, but part of me feels like they are. Uh, and United is also terrible. Um, so we just lost like four fans because the United fans cannot now will not be allowed to listen to this pod anymore or else they won't be allowed to be United fans. But uh, I don't know. I just have no interest really in the game. But from an FPL perspective, Sanchez over at 10-5, pretty expensive. And gosh, was he worthless in the last game? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I did read this stat, and this is just for Man United as a whole, and I'm not sure how it was calculated, but they were the luckiest team last year and the fact that they won that game 2-1 I mean like Shaw's goal was good don't get me wrong but I was just like what a ridiculous goal um and like De Gea just De Gea just making ridiculous saves for them um I don't know like that game could have gone to Leicester too so this is if I had to pick an upset of the week I do think Brighton holds on for a draw here I think Brighton are still a, a better team than a lot of other bottom feeder teams in the you know EPL so yeah I uh I'm interested to see how Grob does um with some set piece opportunities for them uh for United I'm definitely also going to be watching I would get, expect Lukaku to be back I'm I, you know in his donkey form um I'm interested to see though how their midfield like plays out you know they've got like Lingard coming back Pogba now for sure in the lineup um I, I'm interested to see where that midfield kind of settles I'm I'm interested in seeing what they do with defense. I you know, I'm keeping Bayi for now. Um but like who's are they just going to rotate their center backs? Like what do you thoughts that's, are Yeah, that's what say. it that's what it seems like. Bayi was very good. Jose is not the type to rotate center backs, but what are they going to do with Jones, Smalling, Bayi, Lindelof? And then he started Bayi and Lindelof, uh, which I was really surprised by Lindelof getting the start there. Yeah. I don't know. He's he's a hard manager to like read for who's going to get starts. Like, I almost have a better guess with Pep. I mean, the Sané thing was a little weird, but like for the most part, Pep otherwise stuck to things. Besides Sterling coming back early, so yeah. I wonder if Shaw will hang on to his spot a little bit longer here. I don't know where Valencia's injury is at, his calf strain. Um, if he's not, or if he's still hurt and he's not available for the lineup. There is the talk that Young planned the right Shaw on the left because Darmian was terrible for them on the right side. Yeah, I agree. That's what I think if I was to guess would happen, that's what I think would happen as well. Okay, and then the last match is Crystal Palace-Liverpool. I think probably one of the more interesting matches. Crystal Palace has been very good under Roy uh, since he's been there. Uh, They started the season off with a bang. Liverpool's clearly... um, Outside of Man City, one of the best teams or the best team in the league. Uh, I'm really interested to see how these two teams line up. I'm very interested to see how they match up against one another as well. Yeah, I think Liverpool always has a hard time with uh, Crystal Palace, but uh, they look so good. I, I am not starting OB1 this week. I will tell you that right now. Um, we Also, before we give any more thoughts on this game... Um, we didn't talk much about this, and I kind of wanted to. What are your thoughts on Schlupp? Is he just still too much of a risk? He's a 4.5 defender playing as like a left mid um, and a pretty good attacking side. So And he scored a goal. 
and he scored a pretty ridiculous good goal where he just roofed it on Fulham's keeper. Well, I'll stand by what I said. I think that was one or two pods ago. Uh, I think that he's a great pick if he's going to be playing there, obviously. Um, There have been reports, though. I can't remember the name of the player, but they did bring one guy in, and the talk was that he was going to fill that role in the next week or two. Um, So I just don't really know what's going on with that. Yeah, I also read that they may bring in um, a center defender and then move MacArthur out there. Uh, he's like a five-price mid, and he he had actually, if you look, he had a pretty good season last year for Crystal Palace, but I guess my question is, does that goal like cement his position a little bit more? And he yeah. did really well in preseason, so... He would be like a, a great punt if you had a transfer that you were willing to spend right now. Which I think perfectly segues us into... It's a trap! It's a trap! Damn, we'll add more section of the pod. Uh, this week we wanted to talk just briefly about transfers and wildcards and how and when to use them early in the year. Uh, now, Jake has already used his transfer to get Mendy into his side. Um, that said, if you have a pretty decent side that's relatively, like, even relatively settled... Uh, you should definitely hang on to this transfer until game week three. Uh, the thing about having that extra transfer is you're going to have a lot more information to make a move. Um, right now, we just th- there's going to be a lot of volatility with lineups. There's going to be players picking up early season injuries. Don't waste a transfer on like your 4.5 last guy on your bench that you weren't planning on playing anyways, uh, but you just wanted to make a transfer because you had one. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Mendy's a little bit different because he's done and dusted in, in my team um, until done and dusted. Like, yeah, until he like breaks his leg again or whatever happened to him. He's in my team starting every week against whatever team Man City plays, unless I know he's getting rested. Um, so that that's a transfer that it's not terrible to do. But yes, don't don't be bringing in guys like Schlupp this week. Um, especially when they go against better teams um, or like be freaking out and making other switches to guys like Neves or, you know, even Conte, etc. So, yeah, don't chase too many points. That's kind of the idea. Like if you can just get away with holding this week, just hold. And then next week you can spend a transfer and have, keep one in the bank if you want. Or you can make a double move and get a bigger player in a name that you missed out on earlier in the season. Um I think I was talking with a guy on Twitter about it and he was trying to decide if he should make a move. And I asked him a question, kind of like a rhetorical question, but I just said, are you making the move uh, because you desperately need it on your team? Or are you making the move because you're really excited that it's the second game week of FPL? And his response was fair play. Looks like I won't be making a transfer. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, that's a good way to do it. And if you guys have any questions, just shoot us an email or a tweet and we can give our thoughts. So, And they'll be right all the time. Yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, who are the captain shouts for the week, Jake? Um, I'm really... I kind of want to stick to one of the rules. We haven't talked about this rule too much, but I do like captaining midfielders because of their extra clean sheet um, and goal, one, one extra point differential so i think sala and and mane are good shouts but it's hard not to captain coon against huddersfield it's like kind of tempting but um right now if you put a gun to my head i would be going with sala still 
What if I put a gun to your dick? Sala again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I completely agree. The the biggest thing with Aguero is I'm. I mean, I expect him to start, but. I'm not 100% sure that he'll start. I could see Jesus starting or Sterling starting there or Pep doing something freaking weird and just being like, Mendy, you're starting up there now. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's that's a fair point. Um, so I think that just pushes us more to go with Liverpool. They seem really set. They looked very good. Um, and, you know, Klopp does have that tendency to bring guys off with like 20 minutes left to go which kind of is hard Um, you want your captains to be playing like 80 to 90 minutes so the the other guy we'll give as a differential who I would actually consider um, is Vardy I would consider him this week the Vardy party yeah Vardy party it is port wine and red bull Oh yeah, <laughs> port wine and Red Bull mixers. It looks like he did drugs or has a rabies uh, virus in his body every time he scores. So. Yep, that is true. Probably a little bit of both. <laughs> no, so <laughs> okay. Um, well, you've already made your move for this week. You went to Mendy. Yeah, I went. I took out uh, Lu- David Luis. Long term, I really like Rudinger. We didn't talk about him, but he got was it max bonus for Chelsea. Hmm. two at least it's pretty solid yeah pretty solid and i think he's actually more nailed than luis long term um so that would be my plan is to get enough points to do that later maybe drop one of my 6.5 mids um but yeah mendy is straight in they have a great run of fixtures um so he gets attacking returns and has great clean sheet potential okay i'm just holding hold hold the ridge that's a good plan so yeah i don't have any moves really to make and even if i did i probably wouldn't make them anyways out of principle so i'm gonna hold uh okay let's kind of wrap some things up here uh remember follow us on twitter at fpl dive we've had a bunch of new followers lately i don't know if it's you guys or not but we love it keep interacting with us sending us questions on there uh instagram the art of the dive uh, you can see sexy pictures of Jake. Sometimes I post nudes online, theartofthedive.wordpress.com. On there, you can also, like I said earlier, connect to our email, send us emails on there. And we have a bunch of pretty good articles, like that thing from Mr. Hodge, Hodgepodge. And Jake will be posting an article tonight. And if he doesn't, his house will be burned down. Uh, join our mini league, League Dive. Like I said, we're at up to about 60 people. We're going to leave it open, I think, for a couple game weeks here. Uh, the code is... One two seven four eight seven one eight eight six two nine. One two seven four eight seven one eight eight six two nine. If you're listening to the pod, you might as well be in the league. Okay, it's fun. Uh, do that. Uh, download our pod on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. Remember to subscribe and uh, pass our pod around for us. Help us out a little bit. Um, you know, Jake and I love doing this. It's fun, and part of the reason that we enjoy it is because it gets out to. Uh, to people um and lately it's been getting out to a lot more people so so help us spread it uh jake you have anything else to add uh no not really i hope we don't lose followers for the nude pictures comment though so i think if anything we're gonna get followers for that well then then that's a good thing so yeah people love laughing at pictures of dudes like you with small dicks yeah, I mean, I know my wife laughed when she saw the pictures of me up there. So, yep, perfect. God, Maybe that's... she'll even join. Your whole life is just sad. Yes.
except that my FPL team's doing really well, so that's that, all I have to bank That's all that matters. Let's get out of here. I'm Marco. And I'm Jake. Let's dive.